Welcome to the Conduit Deeper Podcast, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the details that surround our current sermon series. From current events to fascinating finds to conversations that take us deeper into the Word. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to our Deeper Podcast. My name is Mo, Executive Pastor, joined with our lead pastor, Darren Tyler, each and every week for our Deeper Podcast. And you know what I realized today, Darren? It is uh, it is 11 days to Christmas. We are we're on the, the, the cusp of the Christmas season. We had our church Christmas party, our staff Christmas party, yep. this past weekend. Um, which sponsored we, by Yellowstone. <laughs> sponsored by. It was we, like dollar store Yellowstone, though. Like it, you know. Oh I mean? man, yeah. I mean, we went we went Western theme. Yeah, we went cowboy cowboy Christmas theme, um, which was a lot of fun. I, Some people I, I in, agree. participated, others maybe not so much. Do you feel like you participated? Uh, not so much. <laughs> I'm glad you said that, not me. <laughs> I feel like you didn't really participate in the Cowboy Christmas theme. We had country line dancing. I looked to my left. I looked to my right. I looked in front of me and behind me. I saw all of the, my friends joining us in the staff country line dancing, but I didn't notice you. Yeah, and you know why? Because you guys were culturally appropriating <laughs> my people. Oh, Westerns. The Nebraskans were offended. Yes. You might as well have thrown a sombrero on and walked <laughs> into a Tito's. I mean, you guys were taking oh. my culture of white trash <laughs> dancing. And, and if you figured it out, the reason why line dancing is is big for white people is everybody has to do the same thing because there's no... <laughs> There's no feel to it. You just man, I gotta admit, I did terrible. <laughs> it was it was offensive. I mean, if there was anything offensive about the night, was me trying to line dance. That much is true. Um, That's but not really funny. I know, but others others actually were did really well. Like people that were doing the line dancing were surprisingly uh, very good at it. The people leading it, or the people in well, our yeah, world? I mean, the people leading it. The people that we brought in to help lead yeah. us uh, did fantastic. Who, but who, I'm saying who in the staff. So we were saying you were the worst. Who? Oh who, gosh, who was the best of that? Um, I mean, I hate to admit it. Was it Michaela? Joel did well. He did very well at line. Private dancing. school colonialist. <laughs> no, suburban <laughs> Indianapolis. He did. You said dancing? colonialist. His name of his high school <laughs> was. Colonial high. I said that on purpose. <laughs> that's what, I'm just saying it's like that's the antithesis of that part of town. I bet there hadn't been line he, dancing there. And he found his inner cowboy. And do you honestly, remember he was afraid of horses before? That's right. Like, like had a genuine irrational fear of horses before he went on one of your Wyoming trips. Yeah, I, for, trip. well, I took him out to uh, Big South Fork. Oh, that's right. right. Producer Micah was on that trip. Yeah, we uh. We rode until there. Uh, <laughs> we rode till there were parts of them that were sore that they didn't even know they had. With it. But, but like, he, I was really proud of him, though. He pushed through with it. So yeah, I guess it, it makes sense to me that he would. Uh, so he did really well. Huh. Um, Chris Fernandez, huh. our new kids pastor, did not do so great, but his <laughs> wife did. Pamela, Pamela which you don't me. see coming because they're very Californian, and this is very new to them. Anything you know, Western and Southern. But she was figuring it out mm. super quick. And then also producer Micah. I couldn't believe it, to be honest. I mean, I shouldn't say that because he's good at everything he does, but he said he likened it to, because uh, he was a receiver, he was a high school football wide receiver. Oh, it's just... But he likened it to like footwork, which is very, you know, part of the, huh. you know, part of the position. Yeah, I mean, he's, that's, I, not, I mean, I don't know a lot of, clearly, he's a got lot rhythm. football, but... He's a drummer. So he's like, it all came together in that moment, and I was proud of you, Micah. Well done. Was was Lauren out there with you? Um, was, was he not looking Lauren at me? Yeah, there? yeah. Was that a good night for you? Oh my word! Yeah, he's saying yes. He's indicating oh, yes. My word. But we had a great time. We had a great time. We had line dancing. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Micah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, and then we did the uh, the annual white elephant gift exchange, which we. Uh, appropriately renamed it to White Mule for the sake of the theme, of course. Oh, that's why that was? 
You didn't get it? No. Uh, the white mule. Caleb didn't either. Yeah, it was It was a... It makes sense. Uh, yeah. Kind of. I, I just wondered, maybe there was a hillbilly version of this that I was not aware of that we... <laughs> the white mule party. <laughs> I don't know. Did you get... So, historically, Mo has not necessarily gotten the gifts that he would have wanted in a white elephant. Yeah, historically, I'm batting zero Yeah, um, over the past 10 years yeah. of these. And... Can be somewhat visible with your disappointment. There have been a few people walk away crying because they thought they had this really special <laughs> gift, and, and Mo, <laughs> Mo made sure that he, they knew that it wasn't. I didn't want your Frosty the Snowman butter dish. I'm sorry, it's not what I was hoping to leave with. You can't even regift that one because no. they'll know it was a regift. But uh, but I don't remember you getting screwed this time. You Did know you why? Because out? I came in with a plan, Darren. I came in with a plan. I, I, I took some tips and tricks from... I'm on the edge of my seat. ...some friends, and I brought the gift that I wanted to leave with, okay? So I, what I bought was what I was determined to leave with. I didn't, want to, I didn't buy a gift for somebody else thinking, oh, that'll be fun for everybody else. Like, no, I'm bringing the gift that I'm going to go after. Did you discuss this with your bride? No, no, not for a second. Nope. I went to Home Depot. So you didn't get the gift that she wanted no. to walk out. All right, I'm no. just making... No. You've been married long enough now. No. <laughs> no, it's every man for himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not a surprise to her 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So around the office, it gets a little chilly. Uh when I'm here, I try to keep it at a reasonable level. It's still not warm enough. By reasonable, what he's really saying is that he keeps the thermostat on here like he's paying out of his own pocket. It's not true. To keep it. Like, I think of this sometimes like a hotel room. Like, I'm not paying for it, so I want to back it all the way down to 40 degrees. But Right. I'm so, actually, I'm not that bad. I'm here, I'm here throughout the week with the staff, and I keep it at what I think is a reasonable level. It's not generally warm enough through the winter but when darren's here it's at an unreasonable level and the rest of the staff you know put on their coats on extra boots and socks and so what happens is is everybody scrambles for the uh the space heaters for their feet and so i thought you know what i'm gonna go buy a space heater for this <laughs> for this Gift was this like a dollar general space heater no, sitting on an end cap no somewhere? it was a top of the line home depot space heater that came with a LED light on the top of it that changes colors. And it is in my office right now. So that feels like the kind of gift that was a risky one because would nobody try to steal a space heater? Well, uh, come to find out this morning as I'm setting it up in my office and all the, the, the ladies around the office are kind of getting wind that I've got this space heater now. They're like, where, where did you get that? Like, oh, well, it was at the flew under the radar. I, I kept it so far under the radar. Like, it was at the Christmas gift exchange. They're like, wait, I don't, I didn't see that. And if you noticed, Darren, I was the MC for the event, so I, I downplayed it. I did notice I, that was brilliant strategy. I, I got to tell you, it. when you're talking white elephant gift party strategy, that <laughs> I'll be MCing next year. Speaking of gifts. We are on a journey of spiritual gifts this year, or this week, this month. We're discovering some gifts through Romans 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12. And on Sunday, uh, you gave us a, a, an intro, maybe just a little more than an intro, on the Romans 12's gifts. Now, we talked about this last week through our podcast. But on Sunday, you taught it and went through each of the seven that are listed in Romans 12. Um. Was there, over the past week, what has the feedback been um, concerning the teaching? Has there been a specific gift set that has um, risen to the top to be more popular or people ask questions? Popular. Um, yeah, so, I mean, positive. The, the feedback's been really positive. And it was, it's fun to revisit it, you know, from time to time for me because... You know, when you write a book on something, I've, I've learned that you, I mean, it, I'm immersed in that topic for so long that sometimes it feels like a little old hat yeah. to me. It's kind of old news for you, new to everyone else. Yeah. And 
But yeah, I, I got I got quite a few text messages with um, man. We've been talking about this all day. We've been at the dinner table with our kids, talking about it, and so yeah, that was very positive as far as percentage wise. It's looks like it's still holding up to be. I should have, I don't know why I didn't have this open, but it's like twenty uh, percent, you know, Guardian twenty percent. Uh, Imparter, I think, and I'll pull it up here while we're so your traditional it. splits that you've experienced over, you know, almost twelve thousand mm-hmm. entries of people taking yeah. the test. The the majority seems to still hold true. Yeah, the only difference w- is that I can see, and it's a, it's slight, but is that the the teaching slash discerner gift that was at like one percent is like f- five or six percent in our church. So there's. Apparently, a lot of lonely wives <laughs> in our church or husbands, because that's a, it's all head. So there's no feeling involved in it. It doesn't seem. Yeah, I was curious too. Like the discerner gift, as you mentioned, it's it's um, not. Well, I guess it is kind of few and far between of our discerners. So it's a lesser percentage split. But are they? Are they? Do you see a gender split of that? Like, is it mostly male, female? Is it kind of you know fifty fifty? It's almost fifty fifty, actually. Yeah, that's good. Um, which is really f- so. My daughter, I think that's my oldest daughter. That's w- what her gift is as well. Mm. Um, so I can see the, those parts, you know, that I love, but I also see those parts like, oh, you know, about yourself. I, I feel like yeah. I need to apologize to Maddie. <laughs> like, I'm sorry that. Yeah. But uh, but the you know the other side is that you know there's that quest for knowledge that she has that. We all, we, when we used to have a DVR, I don't know if they still make those things. I don't know. Um, but I know I would know that she was home from college because there'd be like 25 documentaries recorded while she was there. Like her, you know, which is something exactly what I would do. Like the idea of her watching a rom-com, you know, is, is about zero. So it's, it's definitely not a masculine feminine thing. It's, it's an information thing with it. Um, and it, you know, it looks different and different people. I heard, uh, it actually didn't surprise me that, that uh, Cubby said that he came out that way, Cubby uh, Fink, but but you were saying that he's not, uh, he's a hugger, so, you know, it was a surprising thing to you, but, but then I was with him last night, I'm like, yeah, but like, he's definitely a heady guy, like, he's he's got a lot of discerners, so maybe there are hugging discerners out there, but <laughs> there's at least one that I know of. Do you think each uh, gift set has, like, a, a particular movie they lean towards? Oh, that's interesting. That. Like discerners, their default when they're like, "Hey, babe, let's watch a movie tonight." They're like, "I want to. I would love for us to sit here and watch this documentary together." Yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, I and, think the answer would be a hundred percent. Because if you think about the specific traits of like, uh, Guardians, you guys could watch. We love war movies. Yeah, like history, right? <laughs> history. Yeah. I was, <laughs> So like World War Two data points. Yeah, I just want to learn about it, but in a in a way that is, uh, you know, um, it's a story being told. Yeah, yeah. Necessarily... I love documentaries, but I, I love war movies yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, that that's something that I've 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 seen. And of course, when you start talking about like collaborator, the ministry, because that's that's all heart. Like rom coms mm. all day long. Okay. My wife watches the like, same four rom-coms. Over. Like Hallmark movie? Like like collaborators are just signing up for the Hallmark movie well, channel. Whatever makes them feel. Yeah. And they they but they don't like sad 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 feeling stuff like when you kill the dog in the movie, you know, on Christmas Day movie. Yeah, you know, that's not what the collaborators looking for <laughs> from it. By the way, not me either. I'm like, what? Nobody told me they're going to shoot the dog in the movie, but heart Stories like that. This is a really interesting exercise. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't, with an imparter, I wonder, I feel like they wouldn't like like scary movies and stuff because they don't like right con- like conflict or whatever. I don't like scary. For that matter, I don't like them either. Like, I, I, if you throw a witch in the woods, you put a vampire in the basement, and I'm out. Like, I, don't, I hate scary movies because I, I feel like I've got enough problems. Feels like responders but, might like those. Uh, yeah. Yeah, their ability to sit in sorrow. Yeah, I could see. I don't know. I wonder what it is, though. They feel like a, 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 yeah, a mercy for the, vic- the murder victim. Like, I don't know. <laughs> or, maybe or what they m- would do in that situation. Yeah, maybe. How they would respond. Yeah. Because I, it's true. I wonder if that's interesting. Because when you, 
the ones that I know with that gift specifically, I mean, I know guys that, that have that gift that like literally ran into burning houses, uh, like pulling people out of like burning cars. And, and we all have elements of that in us, but those, I mean, I don't know, there's something about a responder that, that they might be all heart, and, but they're willing to push right into the darkest places, which is why the Bible says, if you have this gift, do it cheerfully because you could get sucked under by it which I guess it's a little bit of a spoiler because that's what we're going to be talking about on Sunday. Yeah. yeah I had someone uh, ask me about this on Sunday as well. They were getting, and I, and I bring this up because I think there might be others that are still kind of like trying to navigate through exactly what their mm-hmm. gift is because maybe a couple of them resonate really yeah. well and they maybe overlap or blend. So someone was really struggling with thinking, I, I, I act out or I feel like I have the gift of service or like I'm a collaborator, but as I dive into it, I realize like, I don't, I, I think I'm more of gift of mercy and imparter. Like I'm a peacemaker, Hmm. but I, you know, I just don't love people enough. This is what their words. I don't love people enough to want to work together or, or want to work with them. I just want them to work together. So she's like, I've got this, I want I want there to be peace amongst the people, but I don't want to have to work with them. <laughs> That's interesting because that does not feel like any collaborator that I've known. They just because they the, the reason I use that word, which I literally spent like hours yesterday looking at. We did too. Some of the staff did too. Did we, you? Did we come up with anything? Like I, yeah, I want a word. Steward, a stewarder, like a stewardess, a steward that's serving. A steward, but does that feel like? What's the word I'm looking for? I Sterile? Know. I don't know. Well, I mean, it can't be. It's not worse than collaborator. Uh, but the reason I went with that word originally is that it's a, because it's a heart thing, it's a relationship thing for them. So when they're working uh, for serving you, whatever. It's an attachment. Yeah, there's relationship. a relationship. It's literally out of relationship. And the, so, and the, 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 this is my experience with the people that have the responder gift. They'll actually have the same response where they want to be in to help. But, so if you watch them, um, if, they're, if, they're, if they're helping at a, a tornado relief, okay, let's take use that as a – the, the collaborators, they're, they're just packing, zipping, and taping and whatever. And responders will be there, but they're actually – they'll get distracted in the relationship conversation and forget they're actually doing an actual job while they're there. So yeah. for them, it's about the relationship and the presence to show that they care and if they have a shovel in their hand, that's uh, just whatever. A byproduct. But the collaborator, they'll jump in, and it is about the relationship for them, but for them, they're showing their relationship by giving and getting stuff done for for the person. So they, you won't find them sitting still. Like, if you're having a conversation with them, you better be prepared to move yeah, like, quickly. And, and, and this person that asked me, they were, they were struggling with figuring out if they're a collaborator, gift of service, or an imparter gift of peace uh and and she felt like it came down to the fact that she grew up in a in an unhealthy environment <laughs> with yeah, like five be. siblings um and she was always the peacemaker mm-hmm. and and also like the get it done girl in the family so she was just wrestling through that and i just think that i guess i bring that up also that this is kind of a this is a this can be a journey for people to kind of navigate through yeah. well yeah i was gonna say so it is a, it actually can be because it's supposed to be that's mm-hmm. What he's you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that's a process. Not it's not a light switch, right? It's a it's a pro, it's like growing something, not turning it on. And yeah, which is figuring it out is. And by the way, you don't actually even have to give it a name if you literally focus on verses one, two, and three. I'm offering my life as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing and make that just a regular part of your life, you'll actually, who you are will be that gift. Like you don't have, even without even knowing it, you will just intuitively do it without even being able to identify it. Because it's the Holy Spirit. You know, all, all we've attempted to do, or I've attempted to do, is to try to create something that's a little more bite-sized that might make it understandable in a way that it wasn't previously. But the, the more that when it talks about... Um, you know, humbling yourself, the, the idea of believing the truth about yourself in humility, all that stuff will eventually fall away with it. And 
and the gift itself is is what shines through. And we I, we were talking about this last night around the campfire. We all have parts of this in us. We're all like we're all called to be generous, right? We're all called to teach you know, our children. We're you know we we all have protection, guardian, whatever. So we all have a little bit of all of them in us. And so it's that's but the the gift part is what it just comes so naturally to you that you just don't even realize it's special to you. But to me, you might as well tell me you can fly because I can't do that. Like I I can sit and look at an Excel spreadsheet blank. I have no idea what to do. I don't know where to start. My Apple Watch is telling me, uh, you know, call an ambulance because your heart rate's up because it, it's just not naturally who I am. I could push through that. You, that's something you you thrive in that environment by creating and the data points and collecting it. And, the, you know, like it's, uh, th- that's a natural gift for you uh, that, you know, for you, that's Tuesday. For me, that would be like literally unlo- unlocking a new language and level in my life. I think it would also be important to kind of dive into understanding how do we discern the difference between like natural talents and spiritual gifts? Hmm. That's a really great question. Like where's the, where's the dividing line there? And is there one? Yeah, there a hundred percent there is because there is a, there are skills. Yeah. Um, that people can learn. Micah and Caleb sitting in the room here, they've got skills when it comes to music. Micah has skills when it comes to line dancing. Yes, turns out. You know, um, and the, the thing about the skills part is that in, at least in Western culture, we have exalted skills over gifting. And what I mean is that you've got uh, people who, who are whatever, very talented bass player, very talented artist, whatever. They are uh, elevated because of a skill, but behind that, in other words, so the skill becomes their focus, but if there's a, the gift is actually what God put inside of us that, uh, that, that's meant to be, how do I say this? Well, I'll say how I said it in the book. Your talent is a highway and your gift travels on that. That's good. So if you're a, like photographer, so one of the, my favorite ones for this, because it's easy when you're a photographer to hide behind uh, a lens and you know completely detach yourself from it so someone like Caleb Baldry who's a fantastic he's got skills for days it would be easy to hide behind that but then if he does that then he um, he robs the people he's encountering of his gift and I, I think I'm not sure where he I, I, I go back and forth on what his gift would be but but that gift of who he is isn't the camera it's just that all that does is give him a highway to deliver that gift to whoever he's you know photographing or you know videoing and it comes through by the way in his storytelling as well uh, as well when he tells he's got a skill of video editing but the the gift comes through from his heart in the stories that he tells i think that could be really encouraging for a lot of people as they're they're trying to figure out what their gift is but i'm really talented in talented in this thing but to know that the the spiritual element um, is is that highway mm-hmm. given to us by the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Those of us that profess Christ and um, have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us and is working in us, that is that is the pathway that then allows our our talents to flourish. Yeah, I think it's an important distinction because let's say you're a, a an auto technician, you know, cosmetologist or, you know, that's a skill and you could become really successful financially and still feel miserable. And I think some of it is because you're using your skill, but with, but you're not delivering your gift, mm-hmm. right? So if you're a, let's say cosmetologist, you're, uh, you've got somebody trapped in your, you know, your chair for tw- you know 20 or 30 minutes. So if you're a, a discerner, whatever your gift is, you have an opportunity there to use your skill to cut their hair, but use that as a platform for delivering the gift that God has, you know, wrapped up in the gospel, of course. That's really good. What age, what age do you think that spiritual gift starts to emerge in each of us? Good Lord, I think it starts in the womb because it's, it's not a direct correlation, but it's kind of that Psalm 139, I, I, in your mother's womb, I, 
I knit you your innermost being, which is your personality. Uh, that was inside of us. I think that would be my guess yeah. that it's it's literally imparted into you from you know the Holy Spirit, and then you know after salvation, it's the Holy Spirit then that transforms that gift that the Genesis three world has tried to destroy in you to transform it into. And, you know, we can use words like, you know, healthy and unhealthy, you know, as it relates to that. But as it relates to spiritual gifts, it's just spirituality is, we we sometimes think is about adding onto. A lot of times it's about cutting away, right? So the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword dividing between the soul and the spirit, which is the language of of surgery. So, you know, the, the person you were talking about, the home that she grew up in, Probably at the youngest age, there was a gift showing through in her that the enemy would have immediately tried to silence through shame, you know, be anybody but, but herself. You know, for me, that came in the form of, you know, why can't you just accept this? Why can't you just, you know, why do you got to ask so many darn questions? Why do you almost keep burning the house down? Because you're playing with all these <laughs> electronic things and plugging them into outlets. And so there's a point where that becomes a point of shame. And that's the enemy, right? The gospel is never shame on you. Um, your gift, guardian gift, from the earliest stage was on, it was in you. And somewhere the enemy lands a lie that that's what you're supposed to be ashamed of and then paralyzes us from, from using it. So the tra- to me, I believe with all my heart, the transformation, why it's renewing your mind, is all those lies that the enemy tried to bury your gift under. When those lies are removed, your gift comes roaring back. And, you know, we... And you and I have worked together a long time, and we've we we grow in fits and starts, and and there's moments where like, okay, I can relax. I, that's actually uh, part of the shame of my gift that I I can let that go. I, I actually remember you. This, you you won't even maybe remember this conversation because I remember saying, I need to ask so and so about this. I need to get some advice about this, and and you're like, I, I just feel like it doesn't matter how many people you ask. You know, at some point you got to make a decision. This is probably seven eight years ago. And it was a moment for me of like, oh, he's right. Like my collection of information, at some point I have to know. I've just got enough. We're just going to make a decision here. Like what more possible information do I need, right? But that, uh, that was part of me growing in my gift uh, and shaving away some stuff. Because the shame of the gift is I have more, more information, more information, more information, more information. Uh, and, and the truth is, is, Shame does that, you know, for me. So to, to answer your original question, I think it's part of who we are. It, before, our, you know, before whatever, our mother's, in our mother's womb, before we were born, before the foundations of the earth were born, the Genesis 3 world punches us. And the journey then is a journey back to transformed into who, his image, right? But not my image, but his image. Yeah, and I, I think, I think, yeah, I think you're right because there's, there's that core gift in us the Genesis three world then presents environmental um, scenarios that we grow grow up in, grow mm-hmm. up with. So there's an environmental perspective, and then there's behavioral perspective, and it's it's like we spend a, a large part part of our life trying to cut those things away to get back to the core of who we are. Yeah. There's there's traumas that we experience. There's hard times that we experience. There's things that happened to us that we didn't sign up for. Um, the, the Genesis three world that we live in, a fallen world, this life that we live starts to punch us, and and so it's possible that that spiritual gift that's always been there could just be buried under a whole bunch of stuff that can take time to unbury. You know, and it, we've made no secret of it. I mean, over the past probably going on almost seven years now, you know, we've, you know, you and I, and we've encouraged many of our our, our ministry leads and staff to to do the work to dive into a lot of these things and unbury those, yeah, all of those things that life has piled up on us to get back to the core of who we truly are and who we're designed to be. Yeah, and I love that you use that language because the main difference between like say what these Romans 12 gifts tell us versus what, whether it's Myers-Briggs or Enneagram or any other test, because if it's created by a secular humanist, they're starting with the premise that your meaning 
that your identity is from the inside out, like that's the new soul, so to speak, is your identity. Um, but this tells us that it's not an identity that you find inside of you. It's an identity that comes from outside of you. It's an identity that's been given to you. So you're not in a world where you're trying to pick your identity uh, from thousands of options of identities. Like it's, it's literally how our world is, you know, turning inside out in the Western world. But this gift says that, hey, God knew you, God created you and put a piece of him in you. Because if you look at all seven of these gifts, by the way, A, you see them, all of them in the life of Jesus. He's the only man that ever lived that had all seven. Uh, and it's because he was God, not just man. He is God and man. So he had all seven of them. So your guardian gift is, is literally the, the part of God, the shepherd, the protector, that like, that's a part of who God is, you know, uh, the, the imparter, God is, uh, is a God of peace, right? Responder, God is a God of mercy, right? They're all in there. And so we each get to be a picture of, which is why he says we're all part of the same body. Like I, together, all seven of those gifts look like Jesus on the earth. You mentioned something on Sunday about the guardian gift, and um, it just got me thinking and, and remembering a, a conversation we had about this. You know, you mentioned, you know, all, guardians, you, you you all think that uh, <laughs> you're realists. You're just being realistic. <laughs> it's true. Because it's true. <laughs> because it's true. We are. We're realists. I'm not a pessimist. The world calls us pessimists. We're realists. Yeah. Because our... You know, we, we were joking around one time, like, man, what would our what would our chief names be if we were Indians? And careful, uh, yeah. Well, you said Chief Wet Blanket would be my name. Um, <laughs> Did I say that? That didn't sound like me. <laughs> that didn't sound like me at all. <laughs> old Chief Wet Blanket, just throwing a big old wet blanket over my. <laughs> I don't remember saying that. That was idea. really good. <laughs> I was like that. That that's that stings a little bit. Oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> you know, but that's like part of the. What was my Indian? What was my name? Oh, I don't. I probably Chief can't. Giant Head. <laughs> probably can't repeat it, but you know, there's there can be, and you know, some of the stuff I, you know I've had to work through is the shame around the guardian gift that that us guardians uh, can deal with is the feeling of being the bad guy all the time, like yeah. Whether it's bad news sense. or having to say no, or it's like, I know it's a really fun thing or like, it's a really good idea, but not yet or not right now. And, and is the, the, the pain that you feel from that, is it because they misunderstand what you're, or, or do they think you enjoy telling them no? Yeah, I, I do. Th I do think there's a sentiment that people are like, he's just saying no, because he can or because he enjoys just having the power control and it's like it's not that's not it at all yeah. it couldn't possibly be that that's a really dumb idea like that can't be it yeah right it can't possibly be <laughs> <laughs> or it's just yeah, like man this but, is because because i love you or because out of protection yeah. or out of you know the safety of others or, or whatever it is like it's like establishing a layer and a level of trust that like i've i've Trust me when I've when I say I've thought about every possible scenario and facet of this, mm -hmm. and have worked it through several different filters to come to a decision. Which is why it's a gift that uh, <laughs> and that there and there's a big need for it, of course, uh, because if I, I said it kind of tongue in cheek, but. But it is true. Like I've I've had some pretty dumb ideas that won't that is not going to work, and having your voice into that, you know, keeps me grounded. It's it's there's there's you know there's positives and negatives of every church government. You know, I could make a biblical case, so to speak, for three different kinds of church government. But what I have loved about our elder led elder governed is we actually have all the gifts represented and there is tension and there is uh, occasionally even, you know, conflict, but it's, it's usually because we push through, it's more, it's tension that's managed, right? I said, I think on Sunday that that's actually what strength is when your gift comes together with my gift. 
you know, we're pushing towards each other. That's actually a, called a grip on it. And so that's why it's important, A, for us to, I'm, I'm going to use the word healthy, but let's say also transformed, because then we know that this is just the gift. And then it gives us empathy for, like if you're in a small group and, and one person, you know, is, is pretty stringent about, you know, specific details of it, you can maybe take a step back and go, okay, well, they're, they're, they're a guardian who's maybe has some fear they're dealing with. So you, it's not personal against me. You know, Darren is over there in the corner, you know, staring at a wall in, in the middle of a crowded room. <laughs> yeah, come say hi to come the rest say hi. of <laughs> You must think he's so, air, you know, so good or whatever. Like, but give him some credit. Like, oh, he's actually, you know, that's just part of his gift. Is he's just, he's an observer. He's over there processing. And uh, it, it, we can gather empathy for each other. I, I 100% believe that's why Paul, he, he goes through the whole, Romans 1 through 11 is the gospel. This is the cost of your salvation, the purpose of your salvation. He ends uh, with that doxology, you know, how high and you know, at the end of Romans 11, this worship. And then he goes, and therefore, because God is that awesome, therefore, because of Romans 1 through 11, offer your lives as a living sacrifice. And that's, uh, you know, you're going to be transformed by the renewing your mind and you're going to know his will for your life, first four or five, and his will for your life are those seven gifts. It's literally the next, you know, few verses are those gifts. So the his will for your life, we spend a lot of energy on what I'm supposed to do as opposed to who I'm supposed to be. And when you're asking God, what is your will for my life? What is your will for my life? I think it's a more healthy thing to start with and, and accurate with who do you want me to be? And then that will lead the way of what I'm supposed to do with the gift. Mm. If it's about delivering a gift as opposed to uh, fulfilling a, you know, a punch card for it, then you, you're... I think it's Proverbs 18 says that your gift will make a way for you. Like it opens doors. Your, your talent doesn't, your skill, but your gift does. And I th these gifts open doors. And I think it's safe to say that 20-year-old Darren the discerner is different than the 30-year-old Darren the discerner than the 50-year-old Darren the discerner, as is the 20-year-old guardian Mo mm -hmm. is scarily different than the now 40 yeah. three-year-old guardian Mo, because you, you've hopefully you learn you've matured and you start to walk into that thing as it was meant to be in health and yeah. transformed i th i experienced that just you know when you start a church everything is sort of framed in your life as before and after <laughs> you know true. that <laughs> was that before conduit or after conduit bc before conduit and and one of the things about that is you have the awful privilege of growing up as a leader in front of a bunch of people, including, you know, your friends. And, you know, I, I'm forever grateful for, you know, guys like you, you know, Henderson, Heslop, Bourgeois, Froman, like the, the uh, Mike Howard long before there was a conduit, you know, he was in there. And there, but there's so many that put up with uh, me in those early days while I was just, I mean, I didn't know my, head from a hole in the wall. I don't know what I was doing. And you were, you were teaching on Sunday with affliction shirts, wearing affliction and, <laughs> and a, I mean, I booked, tore I booked, up blue jeans. I booked butt rock bands, man. Like that's <laughs> all we had was free affliction shirts and uh, free vans. Actually, yeah, we do get free vans, vans, but I'm, but I'm a fat guy from the Midwest. I couldn't pull off vans, but I mean, yeah, I look back and think, man, the fact that anybody stayed at all from that, you know, is remarkable because, you know, some of the, early stuff I was teaching. I mean, it was all, I believe to be all theologically sound and also almost unlistenable um, because I needed to learn the skill of public speaking versus just saying whatever is on, you know, this is fascinating. You guys are never going to believe how awesome this is, you know? And so anyway, I'm always amazed that anybody stuck around and now I'm learning even, you know, I, every day we learn, right? I learn, okay, this is a part of my gift that I need to be, um, set free. This part needs to be set free more. This part needs to be set free more. And yeah, I'm assuming 65 year old Mo and 65 year old, well, I'll be 75 when you're 65. <laughs> oh. You'll find me out shoveling poop in the farm uh, next door. That was 75. Uh, that I, I, I'll say this. One of the, I, here's where parts of mine have played out the best, you know, learning that 
you know, thinking is a gift, but feeling is not an enemy of mine. Like that was part of like, even where the shame, I was using the gift to try to mask over feelings and also being able to, uh, express to my wife or my kids, you know, that I'm angry or I'm sad or, you know, that I actually say like emotions like that was a part of me growing in, in that gift as well, which was cutting away the pride, uh, and fear wrapped around, you know, any feelings at all, feeling like a, you know, feelings felt illogical to me and by the still do in some ways feel illogical to me, but, uh, but yeah, as we learned from Chip Dodd, they're not uh, an enemy, they're a tool. The head, the heart and the gut, right? We, we have a proclivity towards leading with one of those. And um, I think it's safe to say that you and I both lead with our head. Yep. Uh, facts, data, information, make decisions from there as we, you know, for me, I was explaining to somebody on Sunday about this. They were asking about the guardian gift because they think that's probably them. and But they're a little younger than I. And, and I was explaining to them, like, you know, how – you know, a young, a young guardian Mo was, um, man, just a little over the top with just that, like that protective nature mm -hmm. to guard and to gather data and assess, um, kind of manifested itself in just a ton of worry, like overload worry, mm -hmm. fear. Like if I don't have enough information, I'm going to make the wrong decision. If I, if I don't, uh, you know, make do the right thing in the right amount of time, then I'm not going to have an opportunity and this thing's going to pass me by. And it's just like just constant worry and fear and worry and fear and worry and fear. And, you know, I think mm. it's just part of the journey of, like you said, like leading with that gift and humility starts to really open up a whole lot of things, meaning you're leaning on that information from the Holy Spirit. You're leaning on that information from the Word of God. You're leaning on that information from those that are wiser and older than you. Um, and feeling, and, and taking that burden off of yourself to try to figure it all out. How many would you guess opportunities? I was thinking about this for my own. I'm, I still don't have a number, but like, how many opportunities would you think that you've lost because you had a an un, uh, something needed to be cut away from your gift or whatever? So you, it was a fear that I, and so I didn't do this mm. because it was too too scary. It's a great question. It's interesting because I was thrown into like an entrepreneurial sp spirit in my 20s uh, to have to figure things out just to pay the bills. And so as much of a guardian as I am and was, I was also also quite a risk taker mm -hmm. in starting businesses. And But do you feel like even that was part of it? Because you in owning your own business, you control it so you're, there's more safety because you're the one in charge? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, maybe we're about to have a little counseling session, I think, here. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, growing up too, I mean, just kind of grew up in an environment as well that was, you know, just safe, um, incredible home life, just very yeah. protected and safe. And so the idea of stepping out into a, a risk, and I guess the fear was just not having all of the information in order to, to make a decision. Yeah. So your dad grew up, like you guys were in Steel Belt, Dayton, right? So yeah. Did he have, was there a union that was like constantly threatening to shut down with striking kind of thing? Was there any of that like uncertainty as far as your job? No, job? no, not necessarily. It's just, um, I think just some of the, you know, the way he grew up, the way my mom grew up mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it was just an environment that allowed us to, me and my brother to, to be, grew up in a very protected family. Mm -hmm. Um, just not a lot of risk. Yeah. Because um, they had experienced a ton of risk in their own personal lives. Um, and so, which I can appreciate. Mm -hmm. But I've had to work through that. It's like, okay, you know, at some point you got to step out and 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 take some risks. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. I guess that's what I was kind of driving into is because it is, you're right. It is a unusual th thing for a guardian to pull the trigger on starting mm -hmm. their own company or their own. It's not unheard of, by the way. But I'll bet somewhere in there is a a reason where that actually felt safer than putting your control into someone else's right hands. Um, mine was born from, we never had, we literally never had any money. Like my dad just, just didn't work for a lot of my childhood. And so I became an entrepreneur 
because I, I I had learned from a very early age that you know if it were if it was going to be it was up to me like if we're there, there wasn't nobody coming for this so everything from selling fish bait to mowing lawns to scooping snow I mean detasseling corn I mean we were shoveling poop like that my childhood was that and then began to yeah honestly I mean I was a waiter for a little bit but after that I was either self employed or or about to be self employed again and I guess technically starting in churches yeah that um. You talk about like fear of control. You remember like for the first few years, I was afraid to even put the mission back under the church. I, I kept, we kept them separate because mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I was afraid the church would poison it or uh, would ruin it. But even that was, I think, a sign of control But that I've grown in that in my part of my gifting. But when it comes to guardian, I'm trying to think if I know of any others that are entrepreneurs. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, we've given the analogy before too, you know, like you and I, like uh, I'm the string on your balloon for sure. Does that hurt your feelings? Uh, no. You should be proud of it. No. I, th- I appreciate that. The other analogy is, you know, it's like, you know, it's like Darren going skydiving, right? You have the idea to go skydiving. It's like, we're going skydiving. And, uh, but somebody's got to, somebody, somebody's got to get the pilot and somebody's got to make sure that the bag, that the parachute's actually packed. <laughs> and like, we're, Somebody's got to pull the string to like deploy the parachute, like make sure we're actually landing where we said we're going to land and don't end up, you know, five miles down, downstream. Um, That's kind of how I feel sometimes too. It's like, I, I, I'm strapped to your back and I got to pull this string at some point, but we're jumping, man. We are going for it. I've gotten a little better though, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like a little better. I, I, when someone told me it's been a few years back that I was like following me was like following a, a bottle rocket. <laughs> it, uh, it was kind of the first time it occurred to me that I, you know, that that was annoying, you know, because one of the things that we do that is actually a part of the gift that's really is when we connect dots, like that's the discerner gift connecting this connecting. So that what happened two weeks ago, we connected our people with people in Israel. Like it's not just knowledge. Um, and we had 38 hours notice for that. Yeah, that was quick. Uh Uh-huh. Um, but, but I don't do those very much anymore. Only like a hundred percent if I know the Holy Spirit, uh, is in it. But I've tried to, A, remember to communicate when something's going on, which as you can attest to everybody, it doesn't always happen still. Um, which is a... Huge bummer for you because, you know, information is safety. They're going, oh, crap, yeah, I forgot to tell you, dude. Um, like, wait, what? But that, you know, that literally is, though, as we're stumbling towards redemption together. I mean, those gifts are so needed for each other. You know, when I say the gift is through you, not to you, it's true. Like, the gift that you guys as guardians give me is peace. You know, you, I'm, uh, I'm, feel safe. I feel like we, like I said on Sunday, like if you, a hundred and however many $50,000 has come in, I know because we've got guardians in place, we're not out there spending that on the new church sound system, you know, hoping to make it back somewhere because you guys are, we've built safeguards for that stuff. And so, um, working together in ministry in our homes and our, in our children's lives, you know, starting with this gift in mind and knowing that it was God's identity given to you, I don't know, 51, 52, how old am I? 52, 52, however old I am, I think I'm 52. Uh, I sure wish I'd have known this when I was a kid. I sure wish that I would have not only known that it was how God designed me, but it was what he wanted to deliver, you know, through me. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that was brand new information, you know, a few years ago. I think it's important to reemphasize uh, that again, that we are one-seventh of the solution. Like, there are no greater or lesser gifts here. You know, of the seven that are listed yeah. in Romans seven, in Romans 12, excuse me, they are all equal parts yeah. of a whole. Yep. And we need each and every one of them, and which is, which again, is so cool that, you know, our staff makes up, like, everybody's represented. Yep. Um, and I think, I think it's, it's cool even like in our friendships to make sure, you know, maybe it's not something you think about all the time, but, you know, maybe maybe it is something to think about even just in your circles that you have, uh, you know, friends that represent each one of these. If 
you know how boring a a a a party of all guardians would be in a, or a, just all fives or uh, I'm sorry uh, uh, discerners. Yeah. <laughs> Just sitting around thinking about fascinating things. Right. <laughs> Discussing Wall Street Journal articles. And, yeah. <laughs> but like to mix it that up. sounds and it, amazing, actually. <laughs> yeah, actually, it might be fun for a minute, but uh, <laughs> but to to know that each one of us have our role uh, in, in the world and, and in the church, to be able to serve the church in a way that brings um, solutions to any problem that presents itself. Yeah. There's a freedom in it that I I'm grateful for. In that, so we're, let's say, for instance, we're all called to the ministry of reconciliation, right? Paul tells us that in Second Corinthians, reconciling man to God, which is we're all called. But there are a few people that have an actual gift for calling in evangelists in Ephesians 4 is the gift of evangelism. And so the tension in the, uh, is that, uh, well, I, you know, because if you've ever been around anybody that's got an evangelist gift, like that, that's all they talk about. And if you're not talking about souls, you, you they don't want to talk at all. And the shame part for that is, man, I'm not out there winning souls. I couldn't be, uh, because there's a shame in that. Sure. But on the other hand, there's a shepherd, there's a teacher. There, these these callings are all there for specific purposes. And so I, you know, for me, um, right now, I think. I mean, I've I've got a, a shepherd role here, even though I think the calling is more like missionary apostle, with a gift of teaching from Romans twelve. So my my style of pastoral leadership is going to look a hundred percent different than your style of pastoral leadership, and it me it's perfect because there's not one right, not one wrong. It's this one is your gift and one is mine with it, and I think I've just confused. I started adding Ephesians 4 gifts into this. Well, I mean, is this part of what you're going to talk about on Sunday? <laughs> yeah, I am going to bring it up, yeah. So just as a refresher, and then those that are diving in with us on this, and many of you are, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12. Um, this Sunday, we're going we're gonna to talk more about how each of those tie together. But if we could preempt that just a little bit with the few minutes that we have left here, um, one of the, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the analogy that I remember and I don't know who came up with this. It might have been it might have been me. I, I, as I was trying to, re- how do I remember this? I think I came up with this idea of the game Clue. You played the game Clue. Have you, do you yeah. play board games? I don't, but I have played. Okay, well you're familiar with it at least. Yeah, familiar. But it's like so. Imagine Colonel Mustard in the billiard room with a candlestick. Okay, so all those three things are working together. Colonel Mustard is represented by. Uh, that Romans 12 gift that's in us, that's who mm. we are, that then um, goes to the place that they're called to, Ephesians 4, their apest gift, whatever that is. Um, and then as the Spirit leads, deploying the gift that is in need for that moment, and in this case, the candlestick, for the sake of analogy, um, all kind of wrapped into one, and depending on the season of life, yeah. the stage of life, the situation, the scenario that you're in in that moment um, determines maybe where or how the gift is being used. That's actually really good. I mean, that's um, because Romans 12 is definitely about identity. It's not an identity, but it's a, it's, you know, roughly equivalent to it. Ephesians four is uh, like a calling, a title. Um, and then, you know, 1 Corinthians 12 is like a, uh, I believe the word is actually pneumatikos. Like it's actually, it isn't even a gift. It's a, it's a, uh, I think the actual, the closest we have for translation would be an operation mm. of the spirit. And so those gifts are, this is, this is a, thus saith the Darren, but I'm pretty sure I could back this up. Everybody has one gift from Romans 12. Everybody. Uh, Ephesians 4 gifts, not everybody is called to be evangelist, pastor, shepherd, apostle, teacher. Uh, and the purpose of those roles, by the way, are because he says, is to, to, you know, to prepare you to do the work of the ministry. That's, that's our gig. And then the 1 Corinthians 12 gifts are literally like an operation of the Holy Spirit in a moment when it's needed to break through, like for, to, to clarify truth, to, you know, to break through. I mean, I've seen... Amazing things happen 
in the world that it can only be attributed to 1 Corinthians 12. And I, and I think this, that everybody has access to all nine of those gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. So if you hear somebody say that they've got the gift of the word of knowledge or the gift of it's possible, but I think it's we all have access to that moment, like where a word of wisdom is needed, or just you know, gift of discernment, right? Yeah, in, as needed in the moment scenario, yeah. As the spirit's leading, yeah. I I've shared this before. Um, I would not say that I have the quote unquote gift of tongues from First Corinthians twelve, but I have had a conversation with a Haitian voodoo priest that uh, I didn't speak Creole and he did not speak English, but we. 100% had a conversation. So whether I was speaking Creole or he was hearing Creole, it was very Acts chapter 2 feeling. Interesting. In that moment. Ten years ago, it's never happened before, never happened again. But in that moment, when the, I got a group of you know voodoo guys surrounding our pickup, you know, with who knows what they got in mind, uh, I, you know, I was able to have a conversation with this guy. Wow. And it was short. It wasn't like we were, you know, you know, discussing <laughs> Dostoevsky or nothing like we were just having a, you know, me telling him to get, you know, get the heck out of there and, you know, Jesus is Lord kind of stuff. Um, but that's a first Corinthians 12 operation of the spirit. So on this, so this Sunday, um, you're going to kind of drill down into some of this in terms of, you that's know, the goal. separate them out, understanding when and where and how. Um, each gift is applied. Yeah, essentially, that's, that's the goal. In twenty-three minutes, I believe is what we got for the Sunday. <laughs> Thirty. Yeah, a little bit of an abbreviated service this Sunday. Uh, Conduit Kids Christmas. It is Christmas time. All things Christmas are happening uh, right now, all around us. Uh, all I know is, as we wrap this up, I, studying these gifts. Um, you know, we've done this several times over the past few years. But in many ways, it's still new information for a lot of people. Um, maybe they're in a different season of life where where they are willing or able or in a in a spot to to really dive into themselves and learn more about who they are and the gift that's within them. Maybe it's been buried for a while, and in heading into this new year, heading into twenty four, they're like, "Okay, I I know I've got some work to do, and I wanna I wanna live out my gift. I wanna lead. I wanna lead with my gift." Um, what would be your encouragement between now and, you know, maybe this next month heading into January on, on some practical steps for them to really lean into their, their gifting? Hmm. I mean, off the top of my head, I would focus verses one through three. It, it literally is like it, you can stand on the side of the pool and say, I want, I'm, I want to get wet. I want to get wet. I want to get wet. Or you could jump in and get wet and verses one through three to me actually i say all the way up to verse four or five are that like it's literally the offering your life as a living sacrifice uh and the problem with living sacrifices is we crawl off the altar so something we got to crawl back up there again um <laughs> uh, living sacrifice not a dead one and part of that sacrifice uh is this gift that I, I want to protect, whatever I is I gotta give it away. Like to so when it comes to uh actual practical, start with verses one, two, three, just yeah, maybe an everyday thing. God just reveal to me who I am. Read Psalm 139. Uh and then just be like be that. Like if it's if you're looking at your sock drawer and it's all organized and everything's perfect in there, there's clues around you of what your gift is. You, that you're already doing that, you know. And and others around you probably know your 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 gift strength, perhaps more than even us as individuals. The, to me, the greatest flaw in any kind of test that you do for these things is if you do not have a realistic view of yourself, if you don't have a, a, a self awareness. And most of us, uh, it doesn't come natural to us with it. So you know, I tried to create questions that were uh, that was a little harder to. But at the end of the day, you might think, you know, I'm a like when I, I joked on Sunday. I didn't know. I, I I genuinely didn't know that I didn't have a gift of mercy. Like that was a big surprise for me. <laughs> surprise. And uh, <laughs> but my wife gave me the gift of self awareness with that. But yeah, maybe take the test with your. With your uh, with your spouse or with your sibling or your parents or your kids and, and take it together and Good. you see 
you know, oh no, you don't. You, you know, you this is totally your. You know, that would yeah. be interesting to see how that works. That's good. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. Uh, if you did missed uh, Sunday's teaching, you can always catch up on our YouTube channel. Um, and last week we dove into this topic on the podcast as well. So if you're listening, you're catching up to today's podcast. Know that you can go back to last week's and, and catch kind of part one of this conversation. We are excited. 23 is almost over, and so we are excited for what's ahead for 24. Um, all of our information is on our website, conduitchurch.com, and of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel as we continue to put out more content there. Have a great week. <laughs>